is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hey guys, this is Tweety. You can follow Fish Out of Water podcast on Twitter at FooPod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D, or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash fish out of water podcast. Thanks guys. Enjoy the episode. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water Where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor bombers Making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars This is Fish Shadow Water This is Fish Shadow Water Hey guys, welcome to Fish Out of Water <laughs> This is Ryan This is Jeremiah And today we have um, a very special guest with us Someone that I've known for couple years now. Yeah, a few years. Yeah, we were on uh, an improv team called Purgatory together. Mm-hmm. He was a writer on Thriller. Um, now he's a writer on The Truce mm-hmm. at iOS. And uh, why doesn't everybody put their hands together <laughs> <laughs> for Charlie Mihilich? Yeah. Mihilich. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, how do you, how do you pronounce your last name? Mihilich. Mihilich. Mm-hmm. Okay. In my phone, your name is Charlie, question mark, <laughs> Not how you spell your last name, right, right. and then an upside down question mark. Yeah, uh, that is tale as old as time. For me. <laughs> what's the where? What's the origin of your last name? Do you know? It is Croatian. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow, I would have guessed German. Uh, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're wrong. Uh, yeah, they're completely different places. <laughs> yeah, very different. Very different. Very, very different. different. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. So how's your week been? Uh, not too bad. We'll start very simple. Yeah. Uh, busy, uh, which is always good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so we were talking a little bit before you, before we set up everything about just sort of like things that when it comes to like writing comedy that you, uh, like sort of your process and like the kind of stuff you enjoy. And you had mentioned something that we, that especially with me and Jeremiah hosting this thing, we don't mm-hmm. talk about a whole lot, which is like real human moments. Because mm-hmm. I think both of us are fairly absurd in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. I like the magical, mystical kind of non-ground. Well, grounding stuff in a different world, different universe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I like stuff like Donkey Car. <laughs> yeah. So, which is very different than, say, what you're talking about. So, so sort of maybe tell us a little bit about how your brain works on that kind of stuff. Um, I think... For when I write sketch, I think what I do look for is those real human moments that don't feel manufactured or generated. I think a lot of times people get tied or married to the structure of sketch, to the uh, pattern of a game-based formula, um, when game can be super flexible in the sense that you can... Game doesn't have to be stating the unusual thing, having the straight man say, that's a weird thing to do. Why are you doing it? The unusual person states their justification. Game rests, heighten, game rest, yeah. heighten, and then a turn, and then a blackout. It can be um, uncomfortable. It can be... Uh, I like for it to trigger in the audience some sort of, I don't know, visceral emotion that they go like, oh i can see this as being something from my life or this seems authentic um and i think that that is what really makes something connect connect with the audience and it doesn't always have to be like that i mean i write stuff that can be a little sillier can be more absurd um and my stuff certainly isn't like the most grounded but i do like to start from that place um and 
like I, a grounded emotion or a grounded like uh, like, like a real world thought. Like a real, yeah, like something that. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, like uh, there was a sketch that I wrote for Thriller that we performed a couple of times, which was, um, it was a new server at a restaurant who uh, it was her first time taking an order from a table, and she was so unsure of herself that she kept asking the uh server who was training her if they had that on the menu um and uh she just asked it over and over and over again and then once he told her to stop asking she would just look at him like imploringly (laughs) and and, you know and and then everybody at the table you could see how uncomfortable they were with the whole thing because they could tell that this was and they're trying to help her through it rather than going well, why doesn't this server know what's on the menu? You know, like even having the people who are reacting to the situation, reacting how you would as a human being when you, because we all have those stories of where we've been in a situation where someone's acting very odd. You don't usually call them out unless you start to feel like your safety is threatened or if you feel like, usually you just go like, okay, I just got to get through this. I got to get through this time so that I can move on with my day and then I'll tell everybody about it later. Right. And so I like, to have that from my from my straight men or the people who are being affected by the unusual thing is that um, only oh. doing enough to to contextualize the situation but reacting to it as we would as human beings yeah that's you know it's funny like so this is something that I think is really in your because I've seen a lot of stuff you've written and back actually I used to send you sketches every once in a while and be like hey man will you look at this and to see what you can help me if you can help me find the normalcy in this mm-hmm. um and one of my favorite sketches that I've ever actually – that I know you wrote and that I've seen done um, a few times now is the donut at a funeral mm-hmm. sketch, which is a fairly absurd premise, but not. It's See, and I, I tried – I specifically didn't want it to be uh, super absurd. Like the idea behind it is that it's a cousin of the deceased mm-hmm. – uh, comes to the funeral and brings a box of donuts because he thought it would be a nice thing to do. Right. And then as the sketch goes on, the donuts pull focus from the funeral. Mm -hmm. So people start getting up and going to the box of donuts and getting donuts. uh, And he's manning the donuts. And he's loving this because his donuts are a hit. But he's, he's still respecting the gravity of the funeral he's just that cousin that we like Mm -hmm. people that family member you all have who like just doesn't quite have the self-awareness to realize that what they did was inappropriate but it was still a nice thing to do and so nobody at any time in this sketch says why did you bring donuts to a funeral it's more like that's very nice of you you can Mm -hmm. put them over there um, but eventually people start getting up during the eulogy, <laughs> the funeral director goes over to get one, everyone's going to get these. And I wanted so badly for it not to be a thing where it's, we're trying to figure out, like, you can, his, the justification was in the performance, and just, and the first thing was like, I knew everybody was going to be upset, I wanted to make everybody feel better, so I brought these donuts. And that tells you everything, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, that makes a lot of a lot of sense, and if it can be pulled off, it's very. It seems that seems like an episode of Curb to me. Like like, and I love Curb. It's one of my favorite shows because he does such a good job of 
of like taking these it's weird when you watch curb a lot you get into like what i call curb mentality where you see curb yeah like events happen you just were like you'll be walking on the street and someone will do something and you're like if i was larry david i would make a big deal out of this or right. like something that's very like minor gets blown out right you know and that's kind of along the only that. difference in that situation is that in curb everyone aggressively calls him out right exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and and it and you know Susie usually is the yeah the the the, the person who leads the charge yeah who and, leads the charge against yeah. Larry the last time we talked about curb on this podcast I talked about how my wife wouldn't watch it because it was a square <laughs> it was oh yeah sixty nine upscaled it right <laughs> uh, and she so I'm editing the thing and all of a sudden I hear this like like shuffling of papers behind me or whatever and i look back and she's like are you talking about me on the podcast <laughs> and so she was very upset that i, I was like no that's not like an insult uh but now i get to watch curb every once in a while <laughs> nice so, oh so look at that work. yeah <laughs> sweetie just played it real loud because he knew that she would yeah, yeah. Like she would the well, yeah. they did a remaster of the wire when they're going to do that curb remaster yeah. the oh HD. did they do the yeah, wire they did oh, HD. Wow. So you, oh that's good the wire was... on hbo is in hd now that was oh. another one that she wouldn't watch because it was in square. Yeah, well, now it's no longer in square. So cool. you can yeah, watch in full rectangle glory. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but great. I was telling him, your your TV is, usually the TVs nowadays are pretty smart that they can self-upscale. We don't the, all have this like backwards-facing 4K <laughs> TV. Jeremiah. Some of us have TVs we bought at Costco on yeah. Black Friday. They usually you know? have to crop the image for that, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, even even when they do a remaster, like they that was a big thing. I remember when the, they put all the Simpsons on F. Oh, um, yeah, you can yeah. watch them on the app. There's Simpsons mm -hmm. World. Uh, they took them all because they were all made in 4.3, and then they took them all to 16 by 9, and there were so many articles about jokes from the show, like visual jokes that were lost based on moving them because Stretching a lot of times them. they would yeah. use – they would use all four corners of the screen, but now anything that was on here, anything that was up here is gone. Oh, yeah. And anything that was at the top, because they had to move it all up. Yeah. I'm going to pull it back to sketch comedy. To sketch comedy? You want to talk about sketch? Okay. <laughs> um, and something that, so you mentioned earlier, um, was this, like, meanness factor. And it's something that I've actually been thinking about a lot lately, is that I've been actively trying to work on not being mean and I sketches. hate mean sketches. And that's what I was going to say is mm -hmm. I've known because I've worked with you in a lot of various ways. You've never, I've never seen you make a choice in an improv scene or a sketch where it was like, let's be mean to someone. I've never seen you do that. Um, is there, is there a reason? Like what's your process? Like what are your People thoughts? People don't like it. Okay. Like audiences don't like, they don't like to feel, uh, they don't like to feel that. I've just noticed it's the same thing in improv. Like they, they don't like the, the negativity of the emotions unless you heighten it to an absurd way where it's like, oh, there's no way this person would be this mean or this mad about this thing. Um, but what, what do you mean by mean? Because I like, like, I, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily mm -hmm. in a sense, like, like I, I laugh at when people are like when someone like looks at him and be like, You're you're a stupid fucking asshole. Like 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 if it's two brothers and, and one brother's being mean to the Well, I don't I don't is that maybe, mean? Well like, maybe we're I think maybe we're no, talking it's punching about down. It's like I think that's Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't have, yeah, and I think it's that thing where it's like Because, uh, like I've written sketches in which people will be like the a sketch that I wrote was about uh servers delivering the birthday dessert and singing the birthday 
song to mm-hmm. the wrong table. And then the customers are like, oh, actually, it was my birthday over here. And then they go and they correct the mistake. And then they go into the kitchen and have a full-on meltdown and, like, mm-hmm. start blaming each other. They're accusing each other. People are swearing at each other. People are quitting, throwing dishes. Like, right. everything is just – and you've said, like – you've already said it so that, like, okay, this isn't a big deal. And they're having a meltdown about it, which, like gotcha. – so people can be angry yeah. and upset with each other. Mm-hmm. But – and I'm trying to think of, like, a specific example – of something where the I think I can give one. Okay. It's because this is something that we I think we spoke about him before the podcast, maybe even during it. James Mastriani used to always tell me that because of the way I look in improv, I have to be careful about being playing an angry character, mm-hmm. especially if it's a woman in the scene. Well, totally. Mm-hmm. So, I think that there's that element like if it's a a, a, a father that's mad at his child or something where it's like it's not really fun to watch that's what i was gonna i was Mm -hmm. just gonna use the example of dad and son Mm -hmm. um and it's a lot of stuff that i see in people who are new to improv Mm -hmm. is that they think that there's funniness in a dad being like i don't you're you're a disappointment to me son or i disown you or like some and it makes people really uncomfortable and sad and i think it's because a lot of people who do go into comedy like have some issues that are unresolved for <laughs> There's childhood a lot of truth we, to that yeah, yeah we yeah, all yeah. have we all have you know issues with our family and parents <laughs> and we're seeing a lot of things that we can relate to and be like oh yeah that that feels too real to be funny right, for right. Sure. or mean cops where it's like yeah that's a that's not really a there's no that's not really a joke. Well, there's no it's comedic real, spin on right. a mean cop because it is for. real. You want right. the underdog right. to win. If the underdog right. is winning and that underdog is mean to someone who traditionally is in a uh, position of authority, mm-hmm. then it's fine. People are right. cool So if it's it. like the quiet, mousy secretary that's getting berated by her boss and then fi- or getting made fun of by her boss, whatever, by her boss, and she finally is like, fuck you. Like that could be Well, funny. like, yeah. Well, but, so- you, but then you'd, you, you'd want to flip those – that script so fast. Like they're not going to want to sit. You don't through. want that two minutes. Yeah. Of, you don't want yeah, three minutes of her, saying, him yeah. being mean. And then one blackout line of her saying, fuck you. <laughs> Cause then the audience is like, what just happened? I yeah. wanted to see, but it could be something that. like, uh, like a secretary is sitting there or an admin and, and a boss comes in. And he's like, Peggy, I told you to give me these reports. Like if you don't do this, you're fired, you're worthless or whatever. And then exits. And then she just has this quiet moment. Like, when he comes back, I'm going to cut his dick off. Like something where it's like, okay, now, you know, like she has some like vengeance or something's going to happen in the scene that it's not this guy just being an asshole to her for three, four minutes. And I think, do think there is something to be said by like looking at like what type of privilege we traditionally carry with us as, you know, straight white men or people in positions of authority is that, um, that it does become too real. Like when someone is being mean or aggressive or uh, anything. And there are certain people who are able to like carry it if it's a smaller person or if they have a distinctive voice or if they have a way of carrying themselves. That type of uh, anger can come off as very funny. funny right. But uh, that anger can come off as scary um, for a lot of other people. And yeah. I, have, I have a naturally scary-looking face. Yeah. I do. Like, I've noticed. You like, can look, yeah. And it's like, I don't, like, I'll see myself. Like, I thought you were mad all the time when I first met you. But you're like, never. But you're like, I'm never, never mad. mad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get mad. Like, uh, I just have that look. He just a, takes it out on <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah. I beat Jeremiah on a regular basis. <laughs> beat him with that Yankee candle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But like, yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's my, this is my um, what is it? Emotional like, support. Yeah, yeah, candle. it's my support <laughs> candle. Yeah, I'm I'm, it, it takes so much to get me mad, and even then, I think a lot of what that's people, not true. I did get you mad right now. No, you're gonna say the Iowa thing, <laughs> but that's like no, a, I wasn't. I was gonna say frat boy thing. Oh, it, that's pat. <laughs> like, it's not anger. It's like a passion. It's like a part of that's become a bit too. But like, I, I find myself like I get very worked up about things. And in the moment, it's like, I know that I'm not angry. Like, with, like mm-hmm. me and my wife, for example, we'll talk about, what was there's something the other night where I was talking about, like, CrossFit. Like, and I just get so worked up because I like it. It's fun for me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, and then by the end of the conversation, I'm, like, sweating and my face is red. And it's like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. If, if a stranger saw you, they would think you were a crazy person. Oh, I constantly do that. Me and Catherine will, will do stuff and I'll be... Like she'll record me and I'll look and I'll listen to it afterwards. I'm like, oh my God, I sound like the biggest piece of shit asshole, but it's because I'm passionate about what I'm talking about. And in that, and in that way, I come across very like intense, intense, you know? And if you don't know me, people would, if people ever listen to any of that, they would be like, yeah, this is the meanest person on the planet. You know, I'm not, I just, yeah. Like when you talk about stuff with passion, sometimes it comes across as like, anger maybe i don't know yeah yeah yeah. yeah. but but going back to what you said so i think you're i guess i'm that was a very long way to say i agree with you yeah no i think i and i think it's just something yeah i think that's just something for people to like keep in mind and then it's i mean it can be even as simple as like the same sketch the exact same words performed by two different people makes it completely different for sure yeah yeah if you if you uh you know that uh, there's that Hitler sketch that I wrote Mm -hmm. if I'd cast someone who looks more like Adolf Hitler and it was like all then it would be like oh yeah I mean there's a lot of like Hitler sketches and then it's still like a weird like it's still kind of on a weird thing because he did something so atrocious and horrible to it but if you remove the power from it or you try to neutralize it in some way um in your casting choices it it makes it way more palatable. And I think that's, yeah. you just have to be like, I'm not saying you should always think about the audience, but like your audience isn't, there's going to be times where they like, they're deceptive in the sense that like you, you something that should have worked, didn't work. But a lot of times they're not, you shouldn't completely ignore them. Right. I think you should look and be like, Oh, how are people reacting to what's happening on stage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which so it's like knowing the plane, like, you have to realize, well, yeah, I mean, like, you're not doing it for them, but you're already doing it to get laughs. Like, the audience is there. Like, it's your expression of comedy, and comedy is based in laughter. So, right. So you, so you well, want and accept them. that as a challenge, right. too. Like, yeah. if it's like, like, if you can take out all the stuff that's the, because there's that weird thing that we've all heard over the years where, uh, people were getting upset because they couldn't say certain things or like certain right. subjects became like, oh, and it's, I thought this was thought freedom of speech and stuff, but it's like, well, just challenge yourself to be funnier. Like find a thing that's like, don't go for the low hanging fruit and don't right. go for this thing. Like find something that is actually funny. And if you can find something that's funny, like people will respond to it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the, have you ever read the book war of art? Mm-mm. It's a great book, and it talks about the the whole thing is talking about this thing called resistance, which is a different topic. But in in the book, he talks about how don't make excuses for the playing field on which your profession is in. Like you just have to recognize the state of what it's in, and then rise to the occasion. Like right. like you can't 
uh, and that's in anything. Like you can't be like, oh, um, you know, they're not casting this this type of person a lot right now in acting. Well, it doesn't matter. Like you just have to keep pushing through and grinding through and find a way to make yourself stand out in that field because you know, like the field's going to move and change and things will, you know, you just have to adapt to it. Absolutely. And that's what mm -hmm. a, like a professional person does. So if you're a professional comedian, that's why, you know, comedy 10 years from now won't be the same that it was 10 years previously but there'll still be the same people writing stuff and right. writing material that people like because they're changing to them right, right. Yeah. and stop i think stop surrounding yourself with people that are only like you and only have a yeah. like-minded mindset because what's going to happen is you're going to start to develop your own little bubble and your own little bubble is going to be like oh this type of art or this type of subject matter is fine within that bubble it's like an echo chamber it does it becomes an echo chamber chamber and then as soon as you step outside of that echo chamber you're going to present some art that people aren't going to respond to or oh, people yeah. aren't going to, and then you're going to be like, well, ever, nobody told me that I wasn't supposed to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And so if you, uh, if you make a conscious effort to surround yourself with the diversity I can of voices, say coming from Nebraska and even being from Nebraska being, I, I didn't hang out with like, just like straight white dudes in Nebraska, but still being from Nebraska and then moving out, like my sense of humor and what I thought was funny and what I thought was acceptable to make oh, fun man. of and joke about is very different than what it is in LA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that I could still write sketches the way I wrote them 10 years ago, go back to Nebraska. And they probably, I mean, they were, you know, that I was not a very good, good writer 10 years ago, but they'd still do all right. They're not going to fly here. And like looking back, it's like, God, that it's really not that funny. No. And you see it. I mean, I, you know, hosting an, an improv show every once in a while, you get people who come and, who aren't, uh, they may be visiting or they may be doing something and they come to visit. And when you ask for a suggestion, you can immediately tell they're the ones who suggest things like gay porn or, yeah. you know, like, like something sexual or something like that. And, and it's, and you just think like, do you really want to see us do, do that, that right. for 15? Like, do you really think like we're like, that's going to be, I do. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget, uh, Jess Eason, Al, I think it was Jess Allen, Jess Eason, from UCB. Yeah, yeah. Um, she got married and her name changed. I don't know which is which anymore. Uh, and um, I'll never forget, someone gave the suggestion of poop. And she looked at him and she was like, you asked for this. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, what a perfect response. And that's what they, they did a show about pooping. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's actually not as bad that as some of the stuff that you get. I mean, like, poop is like, okay, well, sure. But, like, it some of the stuff. And then <laughs> you just, like, oh, like. Yeah. But that does again tells you like there is a little bit of an it's a it's an echo chamber I think that's a more positive echo chamber within Los Angeles where you're like oh yeah we're all challenging ourselves to do or we should be challenging ourselves to do better art here but outside of here well it radiates from LA much. yeah right like and it's got to take its time to dissipate out there. right right and I think it's weird because yeah you can see it's almost like fashion like. Like when I go back home, stuff five years ago that was like cool here mm -hmm. is like getting popular mm -hmm. on the East Coast in Florida, and just it's like a small podunk town, so it's not. Like, the internet's changing that. A the internet bit. changes that for sure. Yeah, it's not it. The the move is quicker. But I same thing with music. Like being, I would go up to Atlanta because I lived in Florida, and we drive up to Atlanta, and all of like when Atlanta hip hop was big, like 
like you would hear stuff there and then months later you'd finally hear it on the radio back home but it's going back to comedy and it radiating from la or at least you hope that the good stuff radiates out it's I, we should talk to a stand-up or someone because I'm sure when they travel around, they see. I mean, you hear about it too when they give interviews on YouTube or whatnot. That uh, certain crowds like certain things, you know. Oh yeah. Like, like depending location, location. Well, even in the same all, city, if you're exactly. doing something at like the Laugh Factory versus something at UCB, correct? Yeah, correct. I mean, yeah. I mean, even when I. So you got to know your playing field. When yeah. I book stand-ups, I look at I watch their tape if i don't know them and i like decide based on because a lot of them are road comics and they you watch their stuff and you're like nobody's gonna like that here and yeah. it's not even that it's it's like it it isn't gonna test well and it it usually is kind of sexist homophobic yeah. racist like it it has and it is in that sense feels very lazy yeah um, it's, it's weird that as improvisers, because we have a show too that we we book stand ups, and I'm sitting here thinking like, I've only booked stand ups that I know do improv because mm -hmm. because I've been to shows like you say, and it's weird. It's still comedy, but it's the audience is so much different. Like the improv audience, I think is more sensitive. Correct. You know, to and the stand up audience is maybe your, but but I don't know. Like, is that should we as sketch writers and improvisers be making more sensitive comedy that doesn't maybe apply to the general populace because i think people enjoy stand-up because most everyday man can get on board with what they say in a sense that's the, well you get you're gonna get a netflix special because you get the most you get the most views i mean that's just kind of what it comes down to so that means you've got a you've got a hit in the big cities but you've also got a hit in the midwest that's why a guy like larry the cable guy who I've met, and he's a great guy. Like He's a very friendly, nice person. I don't know much about him outside of the 30-minute interaction I had with him, right? But there's a reason a guy like him is extraordinarily popular. I mean, he was the number one grossing stand-up comedian in 2015, I believe. That's nuts. I remember when, who's the guy who ended up killing himself? He was a stand-up. He roasted him. Oh, uh, and, and he uh, said, "Why don't you try being Dan the comedian?" Yeah, well, he was just like, "How the f like?" You yeah. could see the frustration on this this New York Sam's face. He was just like, "How the fuck are you the number one comedian?" He didn't kill himself. He had a drug overdose. Yeah, but I think it was. Oh, was it intentional? I think still sad. Yeah, yeah but still anyways, sad it's super sad. But he, yeah, he talks. Greg, Greg yeah. Geraldo. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Anyways, but um, yeah, I. It has. I don't think. I think sensitivity is something that you approach the writing with. It doesn't necessarily need to be reflected in the writing. It is not speaking on topics where you don't have the authority to speak. Like, and I think that that's something that people need to do is it's like, it's very different. It's like, why, like, why would I write a, it's a lot of standups will go and do, they'll do sets where they'll do like a whole bit about a convenience store and it'll be the, the convenience store clerk has an Indian accent and it'll be this yeah. white stand-up doing this thing. And they're speaking on topics where they don't have the authority to do that. And people will laugh at it and people will like it and it will do well and they'll be successful comedians. But for me, when I go um, and see a show and that happens, um, it makes me cringe because 
one thing that being in this community has really opened my eyes to is the different experiences of people that uh, are outside of my, you know, race and social strata. And, and that, like, I'm like, oh, this is like, this is a real human being's life that this is. Like, you're like mocking right now. You're mo- Yeah. And, and there isn't any need. You're, if your joke doesn't work without the accent, then it's not a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a really great observation. That's a great way to put it. It's something I feel like I've, I know, but I've never actually Do a lot of stand-ups do that, though? Oh, my yeah, God. Really? So much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I but do like see are the, it a lot. But, like, are the... So, so in, the in like, the indie stand-up world... Like, or indie stand-up, I don't know. I don't know. I don't do stand-up, so I don't know how the... I will say it's... There is still, like, even within Los Angeles, even within Los Angeles, there is very much a big difference between... Mm-hmm. Stand-ups who do improv and stand-ups who just do stand-up. And right. it's not necessarily a bad thing. But one thing I have noticed that is interesting is that – and I think it might be the relationship to the audience is very different. Um, improvisers, because of the fact that we will get suggestions from the audience or even bring an audience member on stage to tell a monologue or do, or interact with them in some way and they're helping us generate our comedy, there tends to be more of a – the audience is rooting for you to do well and so that relationship often gets off on the right foot stand-ups it's a thing where it's like oh you have to earn me thinking you're funny or i have to earn you thinking i'm funny if i'm a stand-up and when you don't i've seen even at even at our show stand-ups turn on the audience and get very upset (laughs) and be like and even say out loud, like, this joke usually kills. This would be very funny if, and either blame the space or blame the audience That's or blame the crowd. That's my least favorite thing. And it's tough. I mean, like, God, like, how vulnerable must it be to be on stage oh, yeah. and stand not up, have some? It's the one fear. Yeah. yeah it, when I did stand up, I opened with, ugh, this is going to, this would have worked a lot better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, two crickets. Yeah. I'm joking. I did no, that would be, well, that would be a great way to, to open is just, just right off the bat. Yeah. Um, because, and I feel, I feel for them sometimes, but I, but it's, and uh, I've also oh, seen, I want to see that so bad now, just to stand up, go up and just first joke, just first joke, be like, like not even before the jokes even started. Like the last time I walked up to a mic, it did so much better than this audience. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. I didn't no, mean to no. Cut you off. <laughs> no, no. And yeah. I, I think sometimes I see uh, stand-ups also when they are doing stand-up to an improv audience uh, get mad at, mm-hmm. and then because start they're shitting on improv because they're shitting on they're sensitive. You guys are sensitive snowflakes, that kind of shit. It's yeah. not even. It's not that because that's more like that's snowflake stuff is more like an alt right type thing. That's like yeah. more like, but it's it's more of like, oh, you you don't get it because you're not a stand up crowd. Oh, right, I get it. Yeah. yeah, and it's the same thing. I mean, I've done improv in front of a stand up crowd, and they don't like. Oh, it. they don't like it. They, <laughs> they yeah. do not like it. So, yeah, it's yeah. Just, they're not there to see. Uh, yeah, it but goes then again, both ways. I love improv. I'm an improv nerd. I, I'm the one of the few improvisers that perform improv that still love to go see teams. Like I'll go watch teams that I don't think are that great just because I like it. I'm weird like Tweety that. Tweety declaring he's one yeah. of the only people that still goes see teams. Good for fucking Tweety. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of improvisers <laughs> that only perform. Yeah. You know? And um, I get made fun of all the time for it. But uh, I've already lost my Who train of thought Who makes fun now. of you for it? Uh... I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. <laughs> um, uh, I want to um, know names, and I want it to be recorded. <laughs> oh, but if I my, my point was, if I go to 
a stand-up show and an improv an improv team were to sh- get up to do it, I would be like, but I wanted to see, I came to see stand-up. It's expectation, yeah, like yeah. as an so audience. I can understand that a little bit, but right. it doesn't give the anybody the right to shit on anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I've been to plenty of these shows of where we have stand-ups, mm-hmm. and if they're a good stand-up, you're going to laugh. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, oh, it just yeah. goes back to that, like, you know who you're performing to. You know you're performing to other comedians that are probably, like, you know, their comedy is, their shape, you know, variations of it, obviously, because we do improv sketch. We don't do stand-up, but there is a whole different, like, preparation for stand-up, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like... I've seen bad and, and good ones. So if there so it's not just the the audience, it's fucking got to be the the stand up who's part of the problem. I think right? yeah, and I think that it does go both ways cuz there's going to be certain nights where like an audience is just cold and they're just yeah. mm-hmm. not and then they're they're loving stuff. I mean, we I see it with sketch where like you can do a show and just be and you can do the same sketches at two different shows. Oh, yeah. And at one show it they kill every single one brings the house down and another one you play to silence and then you walk off and you go like I should never do this again. That's a great the thing about IO best of. That's oh. a great example of that. I saw sketches that crushed. That's how they got in the best of showcase mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then they played to silence in mm-hmm. the room. But that's a good thing about sketch is you have it written down. You have the opportunities to put it up multiple times mm-hmm. and tweak it. And so, you know, like I went to I was a conservatory graduate for Second City. And so we did the same sketches yeah, yeah. for like six weeks, you know. And so you get a real good feel of like what works and doesn't work. And sometimes, like you say, audiences, you can't like if you, and it, the, the thing that's the worst is if you write a great sketch and you put it up to a cold audience, and then you're left wondering, well, fuck, is it really that bad of a sketch, or is it just something to do with the audience? So you have to constantly, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like character acting and shit, and streaming stand-up. Like, you got to keep doing it to yeah. figure it out. Like, we have, that's what they talk about SNL. SNL, they have the, what's the pre-tape called? The, the dress. Uh, yeah, dress the, the dress yeah. rehearsal. That stuff will go over great in dress rehearsal. And then they get a whole new group of people that come in yeah. for the live show. And it doesn't hit. I got a, you know? I used to, for full, well, actually, I only did it once. For full screen, I did the, uh, I got to watch the pre tape of SNL, like the, mm-hmm. the dress rehearsal, so that we could know what to pull for clips. Oh, okay. During the actual show, so we could be ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And it, like things like that would happen. Like things would crush and dress, and then yeah. it wouldn't be that hot. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it could be even just the slightest tweak of a performance. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. may just be one thing that's different, and the audience doesn't get on board early enough, mm-hmm. and then they're just off for the rest. Like if it's just not super, like that's uh, the thing. Yeah, yeah. starting mm-hmm. off to where people are on board, mm-hmm. I think is the biggest thing. With yeah, with those type of mm-hmm. that's know. been my like. Uh, uh, I actually like. SNL, like a lot of people will talk about it, like oh, SNL hasn't been funny in years. But like I do, I regularly will watch the sketches on uh, that come out on SNL, and you know there are ones that are hit or miss. But I feel like, especially this season, they've gotten better. It's the best at, season in eleven years, or yeah, something like that. and like e- ratings wise, e- well, yeah, and I mean even just quality wise. But when I watch. SNL, the best sketches, the sketches that always go over the best for me are ones in which it's just a premise and a game, and they hit it a few times, and then they get out of there, and it's, I think, that's like a really interesting thing, is that for 
what SNL's forty two years now? Is this their forty second? Forty second, yeah. Forty second season. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 40. So forty second season. And uh, the format that they have is they get a celebrity uh, as the host, and then they get a musical guest. And inevitably, several of the sketches will reference the thing that the celebrity guest host is famous for. There'll be sketches that are commenting on their celebrity, and those are the ones that are always, like, they, they don't go over as well. But then they, like, take one. There was, like, there was one this weekend that was uh, The Rock... Uh, as like it was an evil henchman's convention and the rock like came in and it was one person had a freeze ray and another person had a shrink ray and they so you have those first two things that are like evil henchman things and the rock comes in and he built a child molesting robot (laughs) it just was like and everyone is so shocked and they're so horrified by this and he's trying to explain like how he made the child molesting robot and why he would do that because they were like who could come up with the most diabolical and it was so it was so funny because a it's the rock like right. doing this thing again mm-hmm. it's the casting right and then the <laughs> matter of factness with which he delivered it explained the justification for it and why really it was funny. and everyone reacting so awfully to it it's like super funny yeah. there was one earlier this season it was the margot robbie episode that like one of the funniest thing was it was just a news report where a sinkhole had opened up and so they were interviewing <laughs> kyle mooney and margot robbie about it and then everyone just became obsessed with how he got such a hot wife. And so every <laughs> single thing was like, it was like Leslie Jones came in and was trying to like, be like, okay, I think that he got money. And then like, she would be like, actually, no, I'm the breadwinner in the family. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing just becomes this one simple, like focused game. I love those. Yeah. 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 That those big, yeah. It's kind of like, you think it's going to go one way. Yeah, and exactly. It's just like, yeah. That's that's a cool that's a cool note of being like if you can tap into creating a stage picture that people are asking like their first question is like man he's way too hot. like when she says yeah. Yeah. I was with my husband and you're like I don't fucking buy that and then the joke is yes. now addressing that cuz it's all that of your is, questions yes. are, yeah when they're confirmed in your mind you're like oh, okay they're they're two steps ahead of me right. and like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah those are my favorite yeah yeah that's great um we're at 50 minutes, guys, so I think we should move on to the next portion. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Which is the most exciting portion of the show. Pitch, pitch, pitch. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to give you a... If you're going to pick a number between one and what, Jeremiah? Uh, just to say 16. Okay. Between one and 16. Okay. Did you? <laughs> um, okay. So between one and 16, then Jeremiah is going to look on this secret list that only he has access to. Okay. And we're going to do whatever it says on there and then just pitch ideas off that and try to come up with some... Ideas that we could use for sketches or whatever. Okay. Uh, 11. 11. Okay, so Charlie picked 11, 11 which corresponded to a trending hashtag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we do is I go on my little Twitter feed here, and I look at the number one trend for me, and we're going to... We're going to pitch on it. We're A to C it, which means we're going to first pitch on what the hashtag is, and then that makes us think of something else. We'll pitch on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like living room style. Yeah, living room style. So uh, the hashtag that pulls up is hashtag five word graduation speech. So I actually like read some of these today randomly because it was like popping up in my feed. Um, and people were posting pictures with him. And like, I'm like one of those like things that's like attracted to the bright thing in the room. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, pretty picture. And then I was like, why this picture? And it was like five word graduation speech thing. And it was like, the ones was like a guy in prison, like a, he had prison tats and the jumpsuit, 
And then like the five graduation speech was like, do you want bottom or top bunk? <laughs> and I was like, how is that relevant to what the hashtag is asking for? Because that's just five word question. Well, that was like more than five words. Well, well, the way well, they, no, it was the way they did they, it, was, they, it, was it was five, five words. Okay. But Isn't it was that mean like, they graduate and they go to college in a dorm. No, because it was a. Oh yeah, it is. I think it's a dorm reference. It's a dorm reference, but it's not a very good one. Yeah, because it was a picture, but a clear like he was clearly a prisoner in prison. It was clearly a mug shot. So I guess maybe uh, I just read into it weird, but still, it seems like off point. Yeah, I'd like. I'm terrible at these. I I've tried to be you know like at midnight, at midnight like yeah. the hashtag games. Or yeah, I'm yeah. never. I I play along as often as I can. Which I'm is great not at it, but nobody ever agrees with me. But I <laughs> oh okay, great so yeah. personally, that's yeah. not personally. But there's something funny about. Well, now my ideas changed because there's something funny one about a guy who thinks they're great, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not picking him, and he's getting more and more upset. That's very inside circle because if you don't know that show, but there is something about um, like a guy, like it could even be a uh, a guy who writes headlines, you know, and headlines are very like succinct. They're short words, right? Right. Um, and the one, the ones that he's writing, they're trying to be catchy. They're not catchy, you know. Like, yeah. They're not. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, uh, like a give me a, give me a fake news story. Um, a fake news story. Yeah, just anything. Like something happens. This happens. A, a dog stuck in a back of a jeep. <laughs> I was thinking typical of news story. Yeah, yeah. typical. He just wrote my five words. <laughs> dog stuck in back jeep. <laughs> okay, maybe I said pick a real. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just say. JFK assassination. Okay, okay. a real, okay. a legit, yeah. real story, right? Okay, use it fake though. Okay, I'm sorry, I led you down the wrong path. <laughs> and so instead of it being like a nation in mourning, JFK dead, it would be something like, like, who do we call Mr. President now, <laughs> or something, <laughs> something where like it just doesn't, it doesn't surmise the real message you want to give in the body of the paper. So like. Someone writing headlines that do not give adequate information yes. to explain what the story is about. Thank you. Okay. Bullet yeah. found in <laughs> Chevy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean that would be yeah, yeah. And then, but the the story is about a murder that took place. And JFK's assassination. Oh, yeah. okay. Because that oh that was for the JFK assassination. Yeah. I was I was gonna say, but it, if it was just even like a local. But I think, yeah, Bullet Found in Chevy to describe the JFK assassination would be something yeah. would be like, wow, you really buried the lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you buried, you buried the lead. Yeah, so that's what it is, burying the lead. And being in like a newsroom where you have like the head newspaper guy. What is that guy called? He's called something. Head writer. Editor-in-chief. Yeah, editor-in-chief. Yeah. Also, and most you're... of my headlines are about things found in backs of cars. Yeah, dog back in Jeep. Yeah. yeah. Bullet. I'm yeah. stuck in back of Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the windows were rolled up is what I was getting at. Oh, yeah. Maybe there wasn't enough information. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> Could have been right. stuck in the But that's what's too. funny, though, to me is like, like if you're going around pitching these, you know, like these stories, and the editor in chief is like, "All right, what's your tag?" And someone gives a really great tag. You're like, "Sounds good," and roll with it. He leaves the room, and then they get to you, like, "What do you got?" Be like, "All right," he explains what the story is, and then he goes, "All right, what's your tag?" Or what's the headline? And he says something like that, and be like. No, we we gonna have to work on that. And mm-hmm. he goes to the next one, and then so this guy is just pitching. He's pitching. Well, his justification could be like, "Well, you're gonna have to read further yeah. into right. the article to find out what it is." So people are gonna actually read the articles because, yeah. like, 
I know even personally, like there's a lot of news that I get by never clicking on the article or reading right. it. I just read the headline and I'm like, well, okay, I know what's going in the world, out in the world now. Yeah. Right. So if you had, to, if you were forced to look a little deeper and have to read the article to actually find out what's going on, mm-hmm. that could be his argument for it. But they could get more and more obscure. Right. It's pretty much clickbait. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's just it creating. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of that. And then, it, but bad like, print, clickbait. print, yeah. clickbait. Yeah, print, <laughs> clickbait. Back in the day, clickbait. That's funny, right? Um, I think for thinking of hashtag games made me think of people who have their Twitter feeds linked to their Facebook, which is not a huge deal. A lot of people do, but someone who relentlessly plays hashtag games and they have their Twitter link to their Facebook and the fact that because then it just makes absolutely no sense that their <laughs> Facebook feed like it doesn't you're, uh, you're just uh, constantly uh. spamming your Facebook feed is that how that works you can post when you link your yeah, Twitter like you can have it post everything your you post so if you retweet something if you do anything it'll all go to your Facebook oh, that's shit. what's on mine yeah. and it's kind of annoying and so I think I, I keep I delinked I deactivated mine like a year and a half ago because I was I, like I can't figure out how to do it. it I tried to the other day you just go in the settings and then you unclick <laughs> that you don't want to like, do it anymore and it won't Two clicks, you made that sound very simple, but I feel like I away. tried that. Unless I was doing the wrong settings. Maybe. The settings in Facebook or the settings in Twitter? It would be in Twitter. It would be in Twitter, oh. right? That yeah, would be in Twitter. Because right? Twitter is driving that. Yeah, Twitter is driving the yeah. posting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so like, uh, so like I'd, so you, you would see, like, wow, Frank's doing a lot of... like, So <laughs> Frank's not making any sense in his post yeah, or whatever. I, I don't know. You'd have to find like what he was posting about would have to obviously heighten and get because if it's just the hashtag games depending how clever you are though you can create like almost a story that someone's reading you know live yeah and they're like oh shit like they're starting to get worried about yeah you're some you know what i'm saying like they're playing this game and they don't see the backstory of it they're just reading the lines as it is like you could create a, a small narrative that you know could be comedic i guess or maybe just it I think just like sometimes when I read, especially those people who have their stuff linked and they're replying to <laughs> tweets, yeah, you're not getting any of the context. And so this person will mm. write a very passionate response to a thing that you have no idea what it is. And that on the surface is very funny to me uh, because it is com- like completely detached from what the original source of the issue was. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was a website that uh it was i think it was called old people posting on restaurants facebook pages Uh, (laughs) and it was a tumblr that would collect screenshots from facebook of like restaurant facebook pages and people's stuff to them and there would be like one where it was just like a an old man you could see in the profile picture on cracker barrels facebook page just posted cracker barrel like (laughs) 10 times in a row just like cracker barrel cracker barrel cracker barrel cracker barrel or someone putting something about like a some non sequitur about an experience they had at a particular cracker barrel but it would be it, it just and they found just tons of these things and so i love like old people are so great yeah yeah it's, it's just, so fun it's yeah. the the earnestness with which right. they yeah they march forward into 
technological oblivion. Like it was how we all approached AIM and AOL when we were yeah. younger, where it was just like we're untouchable. That's kind of how <laughs> people are. Like they act like they're so they're so like oh we were we're paranoid and everybody the government's watching, but that they go on and they'll yeah. they'll go on and they'll see that you posted something and they'll write you an entire letter in the comments. Yeah, and then sign uh, yeah, it and like, sign it. like yeah. love. Yeah, my yeah. mom still sends me text messages where she signed at the end she'll be like love mama yeah like yeah. she won't i'd be like i know it's from you it's endearing i love it yeah like, i love that she does it but there is something that's really funny yeah mama. yeah my dad used to have a text message signature that would say yeah. michael mahalik <laughs> so everything he would send would would be like and so and it would be like uh okay see you soon michael mahalik see like something else oh, like he mahalik. actually like generated it on his phone to do it every time or he yeah, had every type, time he typed he didn't it. type it okay. yeah, it would just it. automatically send it but that's it would just great. be like well why I don't need to know Why? that. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually get mad now when people send, when people leave me voicemails. Yeah, I've found that unless the, it's from an, if it's a voicemail from an unknown number, I that, will listen to the voicemail. If I yeah. get, yeah, if I get a call from an unknown number, I don't answer it. Right. Like mm-hmm. if I don't recognize the phone number, I don't answer it because 99% of the time it's a, it's like a scam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, um, or a, a sales call. Right. But, uh, if I get a voicemail from an unknown, then I'll listen to it. Yeah, or I'll do that transcribe function. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't even do that. Like it just underneath it, it'll be like you can just read the text. It's pretty shit though. It doesn't work. Yeah, but you can. Great. It's good enough that you can figure out if it's worth replying to. That's true. But yeah, I like to listen to it. Okay. Yeah, I'll listen to yeah. it. Yeah, I'm like um, Mike Charlie in this. Yeah, because I have to know what they're trying to sell you well and no. you gotta hear the inflection you yeah hear, you gotta yeah. see the passion yeah. behind their yeah. voice okay. let's yeah. not go totally digital <laughs> i'm uh but I'm, if i if the okay. person calls and then they leave a voicemail and then i make contact with them i will probably never listen to that voicemail like once i've resolved the issue once i find out like if they let me know oh like, yeah yeah um or if i'm able to like call them right back but if they just leave me a voicemail, I'm probably not going to listen. This yeah. is how terrible. So my trainer, who I box with, left left me a voicemail today. It goes, yo, doesn't know the my name Jeremiah, so it doesn't spell it. Hit me up, man. I don't know the next word. Pick up my nieces, Steven, at the airport, so we will be able to get out of the house. And to <laughs> called you yesterday. But anyway, give me, a, give me a message. Let you know, got this message. <laughs> That's solid. He needs to know that he's going to the airport today. and that... <laughs> To pick up his niece, Steven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just it. like shitting on Apple technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Although it's in my life. Yeah, like your entire, everything that we're looking at right now is Apple, so shit yeah. away. Yeah. Um... I see a lot of graduation uh, uh, sketches, like graduation speech sketches. Yeah. Some of them are good, but like, it's a pretty, it's a, like, that's one of the tropes. The the few tropes are game show, game show is big. Which someone brought up a good point is that no one today watches game shows. Right. So that game show sketches are really a trope about newlywed game like like sketch like you've all the only real reference we have to game shows anymore is sketch comedy game shows so we're just doing sketches based off of other sketches at this point yeah it's always like very charismatic like uh chuck woolery type game show Mm -hmm. host i did a twenty five thousand dollar pyramid sketch i mean i was i didn't write it or anything i was in it uh this last sunday Mm mm-hmm yeah. But wouldn't that be cool to break the mold and have a game show? Like I love, I love game show sketches when people create their own game show. Like you, you watch BoJack Horseman. I don't know if they yeah. have. They ha- they created a new game show on it. It was like 
what are celebrities doing? What are they thinking? Do they know things? What do they know? Like that's the it's like this huge long title long for what it is, and the game is just absurd. But it's like it's fun because it's a it is a game show, but it's this ridiculous you know made up game show. Like there's something I think I think in television when they make up game shows, I lo- I do love it. Like yeah. if they make um, or even um, that Mitchell and Webb look. Have you ever watched oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, Great. yeah, yeah. They have um, uh, what's the number wang? Oh, that I don't the, know it's a it's the game show that they do they do like multiple versions of it mm-hmm. and it's completely and totally nonsensical <laughs> and it's just people shouting numbers and then saying yes or no and then yeah, and that's then great. that's number wang and then like flipping the board and doing awesome and it just is like out of control and that's yeah. like so great because it follows like it feels like rhythmically very much like a game show except there is no Nothing. way that you can ever yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can't lock down the rules you can't lock down anything that's going on but i think sometimes with they just play the trope of like a game show that's already been kind of beat out. Well, and a lot or of they time, think they think. Oh, sorry. No. Well, I think yeah, and I think this is this is another thing where like it plays into my idea that I don't like a an aggressive straight man or like a straight man who is who is a straight man outside the world in which has been created for himself. So if you do a commercial parody. I don't want a straight man in the commercial parody. Like a lot of times I'll see someone like do something or it'll be a news story where they'll say like, all right, and now for the news and they'll be like, all right. And then one guy will start talking about his divorce. And then the, rather than the news anchor being like, Oh, sounds like things aren't going so great at home. And then trying to move on with the show, they'll be like, please stop talking about your divorce. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually be like, look, we're going to go back to you one more time, but don't talk about your divorce. And then, of course, the guy's going to die. That's like my least favorite move, I think, in, in improv and in sketch, is where they tell you what they're going to do before they do it. Oh, yeah. You I mean, see that's it a lot. Just, that's in the just, element of surprise. Yeah. 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 Comedy is That's a beginner. Surprise. I mean, that, that's a beginning thing, though, I think. In I don't, sketch, you I've in seen, sketch. like, fairly, like, veteran improv teams do it. Because you get the – you basically – They get a little bit of a pass. You take them. the laugh. Yeah, yeah I think the, improv you're, you're does scaling get, the laugh because improv is as much. A lot of times, it's as much for the other improvisers on stage as it is for the like because you have to make sure that everything's like yeah. clearly established between you, like mm-hmm. between you all on stage. So I think that that sometimes because they are generating it on the spot. But in a game show, like whenever I read one, if it's one where, uh, yeah, especially in like a commercial parody, because if it's a commercial parody, then it should just be a straight commercial. Like even if it's even if the thing that you're advertising is nuts. There shouldn't be someone in there going like, what? what? Yeah. yeah, and like a lot of times they'll. And there's do that always like a cutaway where it's like, like especially on videos where you'll see the guy go, huh? Yeah, and they'll cut back to the rest of the commercial. Or like then when they have customer testimonials, a lot of times there'll be one guy who's like, what? What? What's a, what is this? Like, and yeah. I think, like, I love it much more when you can make all that commentary without anybody explicitly saying the thing. It, yeah, yeah right. where it's like the voice of the sketch becomes very very clear even if the words aren't spoken yeah right yeah cool. yeah uh well, no, we didn't pitch a ton but i know i'm trying to think of uh what get what's another hashtag that one's hard because it's one of those five word ones well a to see it what does five words make you think of five haikus. Words. Haikus, haikus make me think of people who can't write poetry <laughs> 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 which makes me think of like judgmental people that have never written poetry that are judging other people's poetry <laughs> yeah i love i love oh my god there's such a great episode talking about cartoons i always go back to cartoons because it's the only thing i watch american dad 
Um, if you watch American Dad, mm-hmm. there's a character called Roger who is the an alien. alien. Okay, yeah. yeah, I know. And he's so funny. And he goes, he goes into this like hipster bar, and the guy's like, he's trying to break up with this girl, and this guy's playing guitar, and he'd be like, "Excuse me, can you stop playing guitar? You're making my girlfriend cry, and I'm trying to break up with her." <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy goes, "You, um, I'm." He goes, "Maybe you're breaking up with her," and he gets mad at him, and he says. Uh, they get in this competition where he's like, I could play guitar. All I need to do is like, uh, I, I, give me a week and I'll play his guitar as good as you. And he obviously can't play guitar. You know, it's one of those things like people who calling out like, oh, that's easy. Oh, yeah. Like, I could do that. And then once they really try, yeah. anytime anyone says off the start without knowing anything, like, yeah, I could do that. You instantly are like, no, the fuck you can't. Like, I'm not saying you couldn't mm. eventually, but it's not ever going to be as easy as you think. Right, it is. right. Like, there's craft and all that. So there's something funny well, about. Yeah. You know. And Toretti, so Max Toretti, who we all know, mm-hmm. he said something one time that for some reason got wedged in my brain. And I'll never forget it. And I constantly remind myself of it because I think it's great advice. And that's don't. He said it was, it was like the. It was it said. You have to imagine Max Toretti. Right, right. right. He said, uh, don't, uh, never hate on talent. And I think that there's this, that something that I've always sort of found funny. And I think that there could be a great character sketch somewhere is those people that they don't sing, they don't dance, but they hate, they'll make fun of like Britney Spears or they don't paint, but they'll look at an art, they'll look at art and go, that's bad art. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's mm-hmm. something about like, what's like, what is that person like, do you maybe follow him home and his life is just, he's just a, like falling apart around him? It's way too real to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, I, no, get, no, don't hear me out. So his mother and father are both right. dying. Right. Yeah. His dog is very sick. Yeah. Uh-huh. He hates himself. Yeah. He goes into the bathroom. He contemplates suicide. <laughs> he doesn't because he can't find any razor blades. Right. Goes back out. This is sits a comedy short This is a short, film. <laughs> a short yeah. film. He goes back out. He sits on his recliner. Turns on the TV. It's the news. It's it has in memoriam for him. He's already dead. <laughs> he's already dead. <laughs> he's been ghost. dead the whole time, <laughs> and now he's an angry ghost yeah. who's just been bitching in in purgatory. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But there's. Yeah. I don't know. There's. It could be something funny about that kind of a. See, and what I think is like for me again, <laughs> like that's something that does hit on something that is very real. That's like something that we've all. I think we've all encountered yeah. or felt in. LA, uh, and in any, I mean, I guess it would be in, you could experience it anywhere where you're creating art in a community of people where a bunch of people are doing the same thing is that a lot of times we feel like internally and sometimes externally, we have to justify our own failures. Yeah. And so in like, and in doing so, um, you can come up with a million reasons why this person got it and you didn't or whatever happened. And I think that's an ugly thing that we have to confront within ourselves uh sometimes and so i do think like there is a way to make that there, there is a way to make that character funny but it also is like very tricky sad. but is it's there, just sad isn't there something it's like michael scott like michael scott like when like michael scott was steve carell played that character so well but if it had been a different person doing all the things that he did because that was his whole life was it like throughout those seven seasons the thing that you learned is that everything that he did was motivated by his own insecurity like none of it was malice none of it was it wasn't anything there was nothing like but it was all motivated by him not being happy with his status in life and there's there's a 
real tragedy. Yeah, in there and in but that. It, it can be funny. Like I do. I the, what's the old saying? Comedy is just tragedy plus time. Yeah, like, right. And so I, I, I I'm working on a sketch right now. It's going pretty well. I mean, I don't want to do my horn or anything, but like, it's like a. You're working on a sketch and it's going pretty well. First yeah. of all, first yeah. of all, hold the fuck I mean... on. <laughs> working on a sketch. Yeah. It's like a piece. Just write it. Yeah. Just yeah. write the thing. You no, no, no. I'm working on it. I've, I've got the outline. What? What? <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. No, I mean, I wrote a sketch and we did the first draft. Oh, okay. So, and we pitched on it the night. But it's the the problem with it is, is that what it is, is it's like a uh, a man's doctor is now dating his ex-wife like that's so he has to but he has to go to the doctor because he's stuck in the obamacare plan so he has to see the same doctor and they both (laughs) yeah really topical uh, trump's gonna fix that for him yeah uh, and then uh he gets out of it oh man what a great button (laughs) uh but no so like that's like the thing is like these two guys have to go through the whole their whole doctor visit with this underlying Mm -hmm. they both know this thing Mm mm-hmm isn't that, I mean, so like, because I think like the character that we were talking about that was the person who mm-hmm. hates on everything and is trying to justify, that's Bojack Horseman, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, sure. That's exactly yeah. like 100% what his character is. Mm-hmm. But if that had been one 30-minute episode, nobody would like Bojack Horseman. And that's the hard thing with Sketch is that like in order like a character like that needs to be flushed out because you need to see backstory and motivation. And so, and right. so that's so hard to communicate in four pages. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with like, cause even like, well, it's five. So if that too long, but you got to build, but, but gotta, almost like, a full, there's almost a full page of them both staring at each other going, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. Me too. Okay. So the truly only four, but there is something though. <laughs> me that... too times 12. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, cut yeah. It down. <laughs> okay. X 12. Yeah. <laughs> is that true? Is that something that I'm not kidding about the me too is, is that something do you think you could, cause I've wondered how to get away with that many me twos and not make the sketch five pages long. Just, just can you really do me two times 12? You think if yeah, sure. it's for your team? Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, yeah. If but you've you... submitted in a packet. No. no. See, that's the thing. I love <laughs> yeah. the sketch, but I couldn't submit. I promise you it's better than the pitch I've given. No, it's not. That's a, it's a funny, it's funny sad idea. pitch. And I think yeah. that that would be, uh, uh, it reminds me of the movie, a serious man. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Uh, it's, it's I hate it's movies. Coen Brothers movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Coen Brothers movie that it was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, okay. They made it in like 2009, 2008, oh, and it's about a guy whose life falls apart, and it's a dark comedy. Um, and his wife leaves him and starts dating a guy at their temple. They're Jewish, and he ends up having to go see the guy as his psychiatrist like the guy is his psychiatrist or his counselor and so he has to go and like and it's it's just like he gets put into every single bad situation oh, based funny. around this thing and his life just completely falls apart around him it's 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 a great movie mm-hmm. um it was one of the, it was they made it the year after uh it was a year after burn after reading so it was like no country for old men burn after reading and then and then this movie. What's it called again? A Serious Man. Serious Man. I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah, yeah it sounds good. It's, uh, it's got the guy who's in, he's in Fargo season three right now. I haven't watched Fargo. Is that good? It's great. Oh, man. I need uh, to get on that bandwagon. I love show. the movie. Uh, the show, I think, is is better. Better than the movie. Is it? Is it still produced by them? Uh, no. Uh, I think they have, yeah. They get it's some. They get executive career. producer yeah, credit, yeah. I'm sure. I don't think they're directly involved, but it's uh, the guy who uh, does for each season is a completely 
separate story. Oh, it's like American Horror Story. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, and it's great, and it's always like a like a list cast. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, like that format? I do. Yeah, I like it because that way I know by the end of the season you're not going to leave me on some yeah cliffhanger yeah. or yeah. And the only way the only episode I didn't like of that was true or series was True Detective. Oh, okay. I didn't like season two of True Detective. A lot of people didn't like yeah, season two. I, didn't I was okay either. with it. Yeah. I quit watching it like halfway through. I liked it. But I think it was because I'm I'm such a big... Uh, McConaughey? Was, no, no, no. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. I love him. I was kind of bummed, mm. I guess. But it wasn't bad. It just... I guess it was different. But that's kind of like... America. Do you watch American Horror Story? Uh, no. I've seen a couple episodes, but... Right. I've watched every season because my wife loves it. I love it too, but some seasons are not. The first season and the last season were great. Right. The There's, well, the hotel season. Hotel's great. Yeah. yeah, and the first season. They just, you know, they're mixed up. Like yeah. some, some are good, some are bad. They have hits right. or misses. Once that one girl got raped by a horse, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> That's, <laughs> what did it. That's what did it. Yeah, that was. I was like, you know what? I'm done. And then the, the Lady Gaga season got me back. Yeah, Lady Gaga season was great. Um, um, but yeah, I think, I think there you can take anything and make it funny mm-hmm. there is a way to do it um i but you you're fighting uphill battle yeah for certain things you are yeah you, you better really have are. a really good take on it if it's gonna yeah. be something that's and, like but like going back to the page let me think you don't have the time like that you can build to have someone like that you got to give the the viewer or the watcher like there has to be something that they can connect with that you're like that that rationalizes their behavior. Like right. I understand why he's acting this way because really inside he's just a goddamn mess or something. Well, and and that's, to do that and f- like to start off a sketch with someone like that, it's I think, almost yeah. impossible. Well, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I think so. The way, yeah, so like, um, yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good point. Because mm-hmm. in because in the sketch pitch that you gave. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, in my mind, we're going to watch four, maybe five pages of this guy be miserable. <laughs> no, he's not. He's mm. not miserable. He's mad. So you get to okay. see – so you're breaking status. Like the joke almost becomes like watching a man and his doctor but have the, to go through – Anger is a form of misery. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's fair. But it's kind of like um, – yeah, yeah, you're right. It is a form of misery. Yes. Yeah, and so – I, I can't really justify – this is a sketch that I just have to – I think you'd have to read. And so maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. Is the doctor like – is the he doctor breaks... in any way rubbing it in? Um, Why don't we read it? Uh, we could read it. Yeah, let's let's read just it. read it as the one that we were going to read anyways. Okay. And we'll do cool? that. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Uh, so in nice uh, improv fashion, we decided to read Tweety's yeah. sketch. Yeah. Figured it out. Yeah. yeah. That's how we do, man. All right. Here we go. Doctor's dates. Uh, doctor dates ex-wife. Ryan Tweedy. I could read titles well. Uh, interior doctor's office. Ralph enters. There's tension immediately. Doctor Sorensen gestures for him to sit to the, sit on the exam table. Uh, in complete silence, he tests his reflexes and checks his ears. He gets out a tongue suppressor. Ralph stares at it, annoyed. Open. Ralph obliges. Say ah. Uh. Ralph rolls his eyes. Ah. Uh. Why don't you get a new doctor? Why don't you stop fucking my ex-wife? All right. Can we just get this over with? Checks his blood pressure. Trust me, as soon as the new enrollment opens up for Obamacare, I'm getting the best doctor I can. Can we please be professional about this? His breath won't smell like vomit. My breath is fine. He won't have a degree from Arkansas State. 
you know what? Arkansas State was good enough to impress Shelley. Oh, yeah? Well, so was being a mechanic, so I wouldn't be too proud, Hotshot. There's silence. Can you lay on your back? Of course I can lay on my back. Good. Then lay on your back. Okay. I'm laying on my back. Chill out. He checks his knee mobility. I'm as chill as a cucumber. Can you Ah. pick up Elizabeth after school today? Shelly and I are busy. Typical. I have a client who's been diagnosed with sickle cell, and I need to be here for this. (laughs) Um, It's always something. More silence. He moves around and starts checking his hips. I, I know what you're doing. And what's that? You're trying to make time to have sex with Shelly. Um, we used to do these same things, change plans around to go, you know, have time alone. Jesus Christ, Ralph. You want me, guys, uh, you want me to think about you guys having sex so bad. You're a crazy person. There's silence. Besides, if I wanted you to think of me making love to Shelly, I'd just show you pictures. Fuck you. Fuck you, too. More silence. Dr. Sorsen picks up a clipboard and starts writing. How, does your knee, how do your knees feel lately? Fine. Fine or good? Fine. I, I said fine. Silence. You're acting like a baby. If we just answer the questions, we can get this whole ordeal done faster. Great. That's what I want. Me too. 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 Would you just shut up? It's long silence. I'm sorry for yelling. Can you pull your pants down? I need to check your testicles to see if they still have those varicose veins. He pulls his balls out and starts investigating them very closely, poking and prodding. Do they hurt ever? Uh, no. Do you think the varicose veins are from... God, I can't even do with the straight face anymore. Do you think the varicose veins are from getting used a lot? They usually show up from excessive masturbation. That's really weird since I got them because I have zero need to masturbate with all the sex I've been having. Huh. Maybe that's why they smell so bad. They almost smell rotten. <laughs> You're so impressed with this, Charlie. <laughs> um... I'm, I'm glad you have to smell my balls. I hope they smell like a dead deer. Worse. Great. 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 Should I write you a prescription for soap so you can wash your testicles? Only if you, only if I can come over here every day and make you smell them. Silence. Dr. Sorensen writes some notes on his clipboard. I want you to start taking glucosamine for your knee. 5,000 milligrams a day. And make an appointment on your way out to come back in four weeks and we'll see if the inflammation is down. Okay, we will do, Doc. And maybe think about bleaching your balls. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, too. Blackout. Yay. Yeah. Now, I wish that everybody could have seen Charlie's face while reading this sketch. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny is Brett uh, Greenberg, who's on Dad Jeans, wrote a sketch uh, the other night that it it, it wasn't this, like, like, typical, like, beat out like it's gonna be really funny it was, it was here's the premise i'm 
Brett won't be okay with this because we're going to put it on stage. Maybe. I don't know. It was basically a guy walks into an office for an interview with a swastika on his head. Okay. And then once at the beginning it gets justified, it's just this guy is so nice. He keeps doing all these really nice things during the interview. And that's it. Like, it's it's just kind of like this slice of life. Like, it's it's engaging, but it's not like terribly like laugh after laugh after laugh after mm. laugh. That's kind of how I feel when I... Reading this right now, it's there's something about this that's it's funny, but it's not it's not giving you like hard right. chuckles, you know. Right, and I I think that it comes off really hard in the beginning. But I'm interested. Let's hear what you. I, I want to hear what you think, Chuck, because I think me and you have very not very different sense of humor, but differences of humor nonetheless. Yeah, I think it's the same thing that I would say for for any sketches, like that, like while the. The emotions are justified because the situation is 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 heightened. Like like, this would be a very tense moment, but I actually think the anger is more justified from. Is it Ralph? Is that was the it? husband? The husband, right? What's his name? Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. Okay, so Ralph. Then from the doctor. So like the like. The doc. This is this is kind of a pissing contest between these two right. people, but like. Because the doctor has technically won already because mm-hmm. he is with Shelley, um, he – I feel like his his moves should be de-escalation, uh, trying to de-escalate, mm-hmm. whereas Ralph's can be trying to push it forward because he's really upset about this situation right. and he can't believe it. But, like, I feel like the doctor should be, like, kind of like, man, that – this kind of sucks for this guy that like he, his insurance won't let him go see another doctor and I'm with his wife. And so it's, it's like the same thing where like, this is a crazy example to use right. but the movie, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, where he like Santa falls off the roof. Oh yeah. 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 Okay, so Santa falls off the roof and dies. And so Tim Allen has to become the Santa Claus. But yeah. the, the family story there is that, Tim Allen and his wife are divorced, and she's now married to Judge Reinhold. And Judge Reinhold is this kid's stepdad. Mm -hmm. And Judge Reinhold is a dweeb, but he's super nice. And so Tim Allen doesn't like him because he's with his ex-wife, and Tim Allen is single, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, and so, like, in terms of, like, his pride and his status and everything, that hurts. And so you don't need salt in the wound. Like, it's more just, like, Judge Reinhold's just trying to be, like— it's it's the same thing where like or if you watch Vice Principals, there's uh like uh, um, Danny McBride's character is divorced from mom, right. and the stepdad is like super nice to Kenny, and Kenny is or not Kenny, I yeah. call him Kenny Powers yeah, because he's basically the same character, but like but it's super nice. Which to, one are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about Danny McBride in Vice Principals. In Vice Principals. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the stepdad is so nice to to Danny McBride, but Danny McBride is awful to him Mm -hmm. because and that becomes the running joke and so i feel like it's it's that punching down thing where it's like i the anger's justified on this side not quite justified on this side so and this so this is i'm glad this is an interesting conversation so this is this is the conversation that created the debate when we read it in the team on the team because it was split i under like i think that there's a lot of truth in what you're saying like I don't discredit what you're saying. My argument is this. Let's see if I can. Let's see if I can win you over. I doubt it. We'll see. Okay. Um, in a in a lot of families where you do have this joint custody, like did you watch the best example I can give? Is did you watch Pretty 
big lies or pretty little pretty little big, lies. Big little lies. Big little lies. Yeah. Okay. The relationship between Reese Witherspoon's husband and ex husband in that movie. There's a lot of that relationship exists where it's like you, you're constantly having to deal with each other. You don't like the way they're raising their daughter. You right, don't right, like right. That, that kind of a stuff. So can you have – like to me, those relationships are funny. So how do I take that relationship and make it in a situation where you have to deal with each this other? Is gonna, this is like crazy philosophical, but I think that the reason why in Big Little Lies that relationship works is because both people have moved on. So each per, each person in the couple has remarried, and so they're both like pretty much on equal status footing, like in terms of like like oh interesting the, like his like the dad's new wife is step is stepmom, and then their stepdad over here, and so like now it's just two two parent families who are dealing with the tension between them. But in this particular situation, this is someone who obviously has been aggrieved, like this uh, okay this husband, like it you know, and and it's almost logical to assume that there was either some overlap or an affair right. or something like that. And so in that sense, like this guy's going into this situation. And so tension is different than there's a lot of offense, like especially once you get into the balls and the smelly balls yeah, yeah, and like yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff like that, which is, you know, obviously it's, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a way to emasculate or something. And that ends up like, that's where you will lose. I think you will lose some people. Like there are some people who are like, yeah. oh man, ball stuff is funny. funny. But there are some people who are going to be like, oh, okay. Like, but what you would really like to see is like, is like them try to get through this doctor's appointment and like understand that they both need certain things. Like one, this guy needs to escape with his pride because he's in a situation that sucks where he's got to yeah. go and be treated by a, and like that could be even be a thing where like I think like give him a condition that has to be treated. So already he's like I need this I need this treatment from you. So I have to be here. And then yeah, because a checkup is like a checkup is yeah. You can go anywhere for a checkup. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But if he makes it like he's his. That's why. That's why I was has. trying to make it seem like because like varicose veins on balls is actually a it's a procedural thing. <laughs> I, yeah, thing, but that's too late it's into still the balls, game. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Balls. and he and he says like, why don't you take out your take out your balls? No, he says testicles. Oh, okay. the, the, the stage, stage direction says okay. balls. Right. That's for oh, me. Yeah, that's for you. That's uh, because I want to say balls, right? But okay. I don't want to say balls in this. Um, but yeah, I think like give him a condition, and then I think, and then that way the doctor can. Like, I think the doctor should feel kind of bad, especially like if the test results aren't good. If there's anything like that, he can be like. Like, I think he can be affected by the situation, and then this guy could be posturing. And so there's a big difference between anger and trying to preserve dignity and pride. And those lines are like, so if it's if, if it becomes clear, and that could be just a, that could be in performance, that can be in any way, but if it becomes clear that he's posturing to try to make it through this situation that he absolutely does not want to be in, in and... Um, and I think that can be, because I would like to see some sort of, some sort of connection or understanding between them in some way. Okay. I think, I, I, I think, yeah, I think like if you wrap it up somewhere at the end where they, they get along, like they come together, they find some mutual ground. That's a good, like, kind of like palette 
Like, they don't have to get. Yeah, they the, don't have to get along. But there's just some common ground that they yeah. can come on. Like, but like, more in the sense that like there could be a moment where the guy just looks like he's he he you the doctor can tell how miserable a situation this is for him, mm-hmm. and then come down to him a little bit, like come down and like meet him meet him down there and be like you know, look, we both know this is a terrible situation that neither of us want to be into. So that, um, cause audience needs to care about what's happening. And I right. think in this, this is just like, this mm-hmm. is a fight. Yeah. Right. So if he goes, so like to Charlie's point to me, one of two things I think could happen that one, he concedes earlier on like Ralph that he's having troubles with it, you know, or his life is actually pretty good too. Like, what if Ralph is actually not that like, it's not that he's not pissed, but he's also like you had brought it before, like he's moved on, but he still is irked about this one thing, but his life is still great. Like, so it's not so much that he's getting punched down on when he is getting insulted or Ralph's life is fine and he's fine with the situation right. and the doctors bother that he doesn't care. Yeah. And so the doctor's trying to like, like get him to care and then, like, get him to, like, kind of, like, rub some stuff in. And Ralph's like, because right now what's happening is they're both trying to get at each other. Mm-hmm. But I think experimenting with status is 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 always kind of fun. Because it would be fun, cause it would be fun to see a, th- a situation where he's like, look, I know that you are dating my ex-wife. And while that might be a little bit uncomfortable for you, I personally am a lot happier now that I'm not in that relationship. I've been working on myself a lot. And... I'm just here to get treated for what I needed it done. So let's just have the appointment and I wish you well. And then the doctor can be bothered by the fact right. that he's so mature about this situation mm-hmm. and try to bring him down. I wonder if there's a way it might be too complicated. What do you find? What did you find funny about that? Or just so everyone else knows, like, like what is the one nugget of comedy where you're like, this is funny to me, I guess what is funny is it's the idea of this real life conversation because this is a real converse. These are conversations that I've, I mean, my, like I have, I'm the youngest of seven. Like I'm the only one with my two parents. So I witnessed a lot of like divorce conversations and all that kind of stuff. So, and they, and being the outsider, I was always kind of like, that's oh, fucked up. You guys are fucking talking to each other like that. Like it's fucking weird. And then I was like, what if you just take that and you put it in a situation where like the awkwardness of, so for example, like, there's a lot of visual stuff that you can't see. So they're having these conversations while they're doing like a knee mobility test, which is him lying on his back and the guy's got his mm-hmm. foot and he's doing these big kind of movements with his knee. So there's like everything that you go through when you go to a doctor that's kind of big and awkward, but like very like serious, angry conversation. Mm-hmm. So maybe I think after listening to both of you and, and notes I got from people on my team, um, some people... Some people got what I was getting at. Others, others were more like what you were saying. Um, maybe for me, the 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 what I am taking from what you're saying, combined with what I'm thinking, is that the the anger needs to be less forthright and more trying not to let the anger out in that situation and let the awkwardness play more. Correct. But. Which I I can see that I can see where the forthright anger and you can maybe build to then have the awkwardness some the, will get the laughs though yes. the anger won't right and that's and the, I understand and that's, that yeah. but and that's I, the issue is like 
from what you're explaining to me is the staging like the staging of the sketch and the space work of the sketch and all of that is doing a lot of the hefty heavy lifting. heavy lifting and there are sketches in which that's a thing but those are ones that have less dialogue this has dialogue, dialogue throughout the throughout entire the sketch thing. but the jokes are the fact that they are having this dialogue while they are doing certain things and i've seen that work where it's like oh it's like a spin instructor and something's yeah but like that is trusting so, so much that the action will be funny enough to justify it yeah and and i i i, I I hear what you're saying. I agree with that. Um, I think that one thing that made me realize where some of the things can be changed, I think specifically to what you guys are talking about, is like if they're not fighting, it's even more awkward yeah. that he has to check his nuts. If you want – because you want to keep the I nuts. I want to keep the nuts. You want to keep the nuts. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Say that again. <laughs> if they're not fighting yeah. and they're not making – they're not – like okay, so your your ex wife's new new, hu- boy, new husband has her boyfriend to, has to touch your has genitalia. to not just touch them but like basically like weigh them like find out you know make sure everything about them is correct and in some way that is a that is a like a primitive uh, blue testosterone driven yes you will, I yes it's like a it's like a it's like a it's a, a what we call like an alpha male test like type thing like that you would see in the same way yeah i guess i mean it also just awkward well it's, it is awkward but it but it like is like at its base core it is the way it's written now a, i think it comes off as a way to demasculate him mm-hmm. which demasculate who the guy with the rare gross vein balls yes but he's already losing that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying I understand. Well, make that it be now. like have him like have him have these big ass balls and just be like, hey, like when I read when I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be funny because he's gonna be like, he's be like, all right, you're all good to go. I'm like, no, you, you want to check my nuts? I'm like, I don't need to check. Your no, nuts. they're just humongous. <laughs> yeah, and they just pulled out funny. these big ass balls, and he's or, like, yeah, and then the doctor's <laughs> like, oh, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but but I think what I'm actually trying to say is, I think that if I can find a way to get rid of the demasculation of Ralph through that moment and just play, just lean into the awkwardness. And I think get rid of the demasculation throughout. throughout. I yeah. agree. Because the situation is already a... a we, it's set up. Yeah. It's built in. You're yeah. always in a vulnerable yeah. position when you're in a doctor's office regardless, regardless of what the... the previous, if there's no previous relationship between the, you and the doctor, you are still in a vulnerable Most position. position. Yeah. And so adding that extra thing in already makes it that much more vulnerable. And so right. the doctor doesn't need to make it worse. He needs to act like a doctor. Right. And that's, and which is, I, yes, I agree. My, the one, the note, the part, the problem that I have with part of the notes that came up tonight and then also the night mm-hmm. is what I don't want mm-hmm. is just one person fighting. So I would like to either watch neither of them fight and just live in that vulnerable, awkward moment where they – I don't know how to – I'll figure out a way to play that. Right. Um, and have these really awkward conversations and these really awkward moments. But the idea of just one person fighting, that to me feels, I think, similar to the way that it feels with you with both of them fighting, mm. which is weird to me. Well, which I seems think, weird that, we're, that we view the different thing the same way. I see. I – I think one person fighting and meeting a brick wall, meeting a brick wall who's not going to fight back will eventually neuter that. And so by the end, even like he can keep trying. And the, if the doctor just keeps like getting him through the, and is trying, or even if it's the other way around, 
by the end, that understanding is like, man, I came in here just guns ready. Blazing. I came in here guns blazing, ready to just – and, like, turns out, like, you're kind of cool. I hate that, but you're – and, like, and then they could have a moment, and then your blackout line could be some blow. Like, uh, it could be, like, something, like, as he's walking, I'd be like, oh, and by the way, I'm fucking your ex-wife. Something like something, can that be? Yeah. Can I get that? Can I get that in there then? I mean, it, it, it's your blackout. Yeah, your uh, sketch. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think I think that's just what I like. No, of course you wouldn't want you wouldn't want him to just fight the whole time. Right. You would want it to be like because I think that's in normally where you would heighten in a sketch, you'd be heightening by de-heightening. So that first one is like he really lets him have it. And he doesn't get it, and so he tries again. But every time, it becomes less and less and less because he's not getting any any real feedback from it. And then by the end, it's just like, God, I thought we were gonna come here and we were gonna duke it out, but like, man, I don't hate you as much as yeah. I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think let me recap to see if I understand. There's options. Maybe there's only mm-hmm. options in my head, but I feel like there's options. I mean, you yeah. don't have to take any notes. Oh no, I yeah. I but I just I I. There's very few notes I won't take. I'll always play with notes. Right. But the notes, there's like certain notes I won't take, which are like, if I, f- and, and I guess I will sometimes, but for the most part, like if I feel like the game is this and someone's pitching on this whole other sketch that never got wrote, it's like, well, then you're just, you go write that yeah. sketch. That's not my sketch. But that don't feel like that's what's happening mm-hmm. right now. So I think, um, <laughs> what are you laughing about? No, I'm just like weeks ago. He was like, "Hey, can you make fake testicles?" And I was like, "This is what it's for." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that, there's also the sketch where about the guys that make fake testicles. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get that's, it. I get it. That's the main sketch for the fake <laughs> yeah. testicles. I just want to do a video about guys that make oh, okay. fake testicles for a living. Gotcha. And like, like a mockumentary. How, uh, how it's a mockumentary on how it's made. Yeah, oh. and then like the types of guys that. Work there. Those guys. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Um, anyway. They're just normal, standard guys. Yeah. But, well, we'll see. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> um, so one, one option is, I think, so as you're saying, is just to sort of let him almost like eastbound and down or uh, where he's got that buddy that just he shits all over. Right. Or uh, Andy Daly and Vice Prince. Is Vice no, it's in eastbound and down. Is Andy Daly? Season. Yeah. Andy Daly's in that? Okay. He's the, yeah, he's her new boyfriend. Her new fiance, yeah. Okay, so something like that. Yeah. Or to just live in those awkward moments. If you play the awkward moment one, then what are the game moves? Are the game moves that he is trying to not rub it in, but accidentally does sometimes? I don't like that as much. Yeah. I like one of them to be more deliberate, and I I think in that sense it's, it's going to be whoever you pick to be the aggressor in the sketch, mm-hmm. because I do think there should only be one aggressor. I don't think it should be both of them. I think um, that that person realizing that their tactic is not working and like being like sitting and trying to like, like just being like fidgeting and just being like frustrated that they're not right. getting what they thought they were going to get out of this epic showdown that they thought they were going to have. Um, and then because the, the rubbing it in thing, it's like, how many, how many times can you do it? it right. Can yeah. the doc, the doctor can still like the me too moments can still exist. Right. But I, when you said that there was me too in there a bunch of times, I thought it would be a thing where it would be like, they were like, it was like, like 
this is weird for me. And I was like, me too, me too, me too, me too. Okay. But in that one, it's it's like siblings. Yeah. When you would find me, like, well, good, 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 great, great, awesome. Yeah. And in that sense, that becomes like, it, yeah, an extension of the aggression. Yeah. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So just like find a way for like, cause, yeah, you don't want your audience to. F- it's okay for your audience to feel bad for your character, but you don't want them to feel so bad that they dislike the other character. Yes. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. I think there's a happy medium I can find where I fulfill what people's concerns are, mm-hmm. but also get to play a lot of the jokes that I want to play. And I do know that it's funny when you read it with certain people, it didn't feel it felt. I mean, obviously it's blue. I mean, there's no doubt about in my mind that it's blue, but it didn't feel as out. But of- it's not that blue really in a sense. Cause you're at a doctor and like a, a testicle exam. Yeah, is but a, it's, the, it's not so much the testicle exam as the cursing as well as the use your ball smell rotten. Cause I feel like that would be a great way to insult somebody. If you're a doctor. Yeah, that's the thing that I mean, throws me re- a little bit is that the doctor breaks his whole ethical. Yeah, he, be, yeah, because and then no they, one even says like there's they nothing. They have that's... a relationship that they're carrying into this. It's not about that he does it. It's about that he doesn't bring it up. But like, it's like yeah, no be, one responds to it because like oh, a, a situation in which a person is dating someone's you know, X mm-hmm. and then they have to interact with that person is a very uncomfortable situation. And for me, it just doesn't seem super realistic that the doctor who already has this power would tell this person that their balls smell rotten like that. Because in that sense, it's like now, obviously like I don't, maybe it's my life experiences or whatever. Right, and there right, are right, right. People who would do something like that, but a, a doctor yeah. would already be like... See, and that's I think that's the, can, that's the main difference for me is that I don't view him as a doctor. I view him as the dude that's fucking this guy's ex-wife. Does that make sense? He just happens to be a doctor. He's dating the dude's or, ex-wife, and then they happen to have sex, well, but and the, I think like that's right, part of it. Too. Right, right, right. But I think that... Well, yeah, you're right. But the line is... But people see... Stop fucking my people are going to see a doctor lights yeah. up. He's gonna, He's have, gonna a have a lab coat, coat on. on. They're gonna see That's a doctor. Fair. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about it like that. So in my head, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like I'm just saying from Ralph's point of view that that's what he's doing. Um, yes, that makes sense when you do put it in like the fact that they will see the lab coat and everything else. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my head, I don't view him as a doctor, which I think is what changes the joke in my head. And I think like but the audience the, will see him as a doctor. I get what the you're doctor saying. Spends the whole sketch trying to make him feel better about the whole situation. And one of the things that he does is tell him that he's got a great set of balls and a help. Like, it'd yeah, be like that's look, funny. Like, yeah. yeah. I can't argue with funny. how funny that yeah. is. That's very funny. Yeah. And I still get to do the fake test. You still get your balls. You win, win. Tweety, I don't, I'm not trying to take the balls away from you. I <laughs> okay. just want you to find do a way to earn, to earn the balls. Okay. That's great. That's a new tagline. Earn them balls. Earn them, Earn them balls, sweetie. You know what? There's two things that have been said to me now. One was from uh, Alex Fernie in improv. He said, it's not about the turkey. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Number two is today. Charlie Mihalich. 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 Mihalik. Mihalik. You got to earn them balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> earn them balls. Um, awesome. Thanks, guys. I feel like we've fixed it. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah. I feel like we fixed Appreciate it. it, man. Thanks for this having me. It was a lot me. of fun. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. We um, talked probably more. Yeah, you'll probably. Yeah, we'll trim it down. Cool. Um, 
Hopefully you don't have any place to go. <laughs> yeah. Not till 10. <laughs> um, okay, good. Want to tell people where they can see you and what you're doing? Yeah. And all that good yeah stuff? Plug, uh, you man. can see... Uh, when will this come out? This will come out... Let's see. Two weeks, right? Yeah. Not this coming Monday, but the following Monday. Oh, okay. Monday. Uh, yeah. Well, so, uh, you, can, you can see me uh, every Monday at 830 at the clubhouse. Uh, hosting Purgatory and our monthly show in the Inner Sanctum. And then Catharsis Dramatic Improv is monthly at UCB Sunset. Is it actually dramatic improv? Mm -hmm. Like there's no bits? I mean, I the intent of the show is for people to do grounded dramatic scenes. There's a lot of laughs in the shows too because human beings are funny and right. situations are tense and stuff. But the intent is that. But there have been sets that have just been very funny. But it's not game-based uh improv it's it's real people dealing with real issues that's great yeah relationships and stuff that's cool um are you on twitter uh yeah charles mihelic on twitter uh charles m-i-h-e-l-i-c-h okay jeremiah burton dad jeans second sunday <laughs> oh yeah you can see me <laughs> oh yeah that's right on the truce uh on the fourth sunday of every month at ios okay uh, you can follow us at Foopod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D. I want to do something. What? I need to figure out what my Twitter handle is. I, I, I need to start a... Uh, I know what your Twitter handle is if you want to is, know what it yeah, is. Yeah, what is it? Jeremiah Burton 1. Oh, okay. I want to see how many people I can get following me from, <laughs> from this uh, podcast. Millions. I don't put a lot of effort into Twitter. Do you tw tweet a lot, both of you guys? Every once in a while, yeah. yeah. I have like I have, I have tweets. We should, I wonder if there's a writing exercise in tweeting there is it's got to be right Absolutely. you gotta, cons you gotta yeah. consolidate everything into 140 characters right all right sure i'm gonna start tweeting okay uh anyways foopod. um foopod at foopod and you can email um your sketches usually we've been trying lately to have to read fans sketches this is a little bit different because today we read a host to sketch. yeah today we read one of mine because why not uh so um it fell into it nicely it fell yeah. it nice and organic yeah. uh but you can send your sketches to foopod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D, at gmail.com, and mm -hmm. uh, try to keep them to five pages or less, and uh, and then we'll we'll read them, and we'll have our guests critique them, and uh, it'll be keep them, keep great. Them, keep them short. Yep, keep them short. Shorter the better. Uh, we don't have a tagline <laughs> for our show. Okay. So every week, we ask our guests to come up with a tagline for us. So fish out of water. Earn those balls. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.